Blog Talk Radio. Feeling overwhelmed, 
incessantly tired, and completely unsatisfied. I actually know a lot of people who suffer with these symptoms. And if you're wondering, hey, am I one of those people? Well, stay tuned to learn more and potentially a cure. This is T. Love, your host here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am a reconnective healing practitioner and certified sound therapist with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams to you live each and every week. Energy Awareness Radio is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. Audible.com has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products to choose from, so you can listen whenever and wherever you want. Just download the title you prefer free of charge and start listening when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. After surviving a near-death experience, Mark Langford, Harvard MBA-turned-corporate shaman, decided to change his life. He began a journey to not only discover his own true purpose and passion, but also to help others find theirs. He quickly started to notice that work sickness, the live-to-work syndrome, was robbing his friends and colleagues of their vitality, confidence, and direction. So he chose to follow his personal passion and transitioned out of the corporate world to become a career consultant and now author of Thank God It's Wednesday, our topic for discussion, which combines Mark's decades-long professional experience, wide-ranging spiritual study, and personal intuition to help others ignite their inner fire and attain more fulfillment, fun, and financial reward. Hello, Mark. Thank you so much for joining us here at Energy Awareness Radio. How are you being? Mark, are you there? Hello, Mark. Did you hear all that? I didn't. You I didn't. had radio silence. Thought you had radio <laughs> silence. You know, this happened last week too. I don't know what's going on. But anyway, I introduced you. Good. Well, hello, everybody. And I thank you for joining us here at Energy Awareness Radio. So, how are you being? I'm being very still now, I guess, because I had a. a, a, a Radio silence, but I'm good. Thank you. But you're good. Well, that's good. Well, actually, I, I told them about your surviving a near-death experience and, and a little bit okay. about that. Not a lot, just a short intro. But, you know, first right. I would like to tell you, very nice foreword from Michael Beckwith. I love him. You made a great choice in, in, <laughs> in selecting him. He's great. Very nice foreword. Um, you know, you went from a Harvard MBA to a corporate shaman. Yes. You had a near-death experience that pretty much changed the direction of your life, which kind of led you to writing this book. So do tell, how did all of this transpire? <laughs> I, yeah, not knowing the introduction, I'll just go into a little more detail of, of what happened. So I was actually overseas um, for a number of years and uh, uh, decided to have a bone spur removed from my body and went in for this routine arthroscopy and uh, was, had the good fortune of having an MRSA infection left as part of the procedure. So what that means is that it was that penicillin-resistant infection. And, uh, you know, one of the things that, that is always a danger is that it goes systemic, and if it gets in your system, you're pretty much done. Right. So um, I went into the hospital. It was, yeah, 41 days, and um, I had uh, uh, over a dozen surgeries, as far as I can recall. And they were opening me up every every two days, basically, to try and get the infection out. And uh, I just kept getting weaker and weaker um, because, basically, you can't eat eight hours before the procedure. And if you're MRSA, you're the last guy on the table. So if any emergencies come, come in, you're, you're, you just keep getting pushed back. So 
many times I was scheduled for the afternoon. I wouldn't go in until like midnight, not having eaten for eight hours before. It was like it just got worse and worse. It was just a nightmarish situation. And towards the end of this ordeal, basically um, there was a there was a point in time where I went into this nine hour surgery and I came out. And my lungs filled up with water, and I, I just I, I was literally drowning in my bed. And uh, it was just in the middle of the night. There was nobody on duty. There was actually one nurse. It was kind of like Nurse Ratchet, and she was just like, I couldn't communicate with her. I'm in a foreign hospital. And I basically surrendered. I said, this is it. I'm going. And I started writing out my account information and everything to my ex-wife and um, uh, saying, this is it. <laughs> and I gave up. I said, take me. I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. And in that, in the moments that followed, it actually was hours that followed, I communed with, with this entity um, that I say, you know, in the book, and, um, and, and uh, I, maybe you introduced this, it's just divine. I mean, it was this, this loving, all-encompassing, uh, like a being held like a babe in arms type of uh, entity where I was asking questions and I was immediately getting answers and feelings and thoughts, right? No words were exchanged. It was just all these feeling. And uh, of course, you know, I'm asking all questions about the universe. I'm getting all the answers and it's great. So I decided to go for the big one and say, well, why am I here? Um, and it, gave, it was very clear to me that it was, I'm here to be a, co- a coach and a teacher and a healer. And that's what I got. And so basically I learned that from the experience. And then, you know, I, I got out of the hospital, I got well, and I immediately went back into the corporate world. You know, it's like my left brain took right back over. But that experience just left this, this, this sense in me that there was something greater that I should be doing and, and knowing. And so I kind of launched into this spiritual journey and spent the next year, 10 years like working with people like Michael Beckwith and Neil Donald Walsh and Marion Williamson and, and really getting clear on who I was. And then it became very clear that I was supposed to go out and help other people figure out their person, uh, personal passions and purpose. So that's what I do now. I'm a transformational career coach and wrote that book, Thank God It's Wednesday. Yes, and thank you for making it that title because our show is on Wednesday. So thank you for that. <laughs> you did Perfect, that for me, right? didn't you? <laughs> I did. It was foresight ten years ago. <laughs> you know, when in reading the book and in reading, you know, about how um, you had MRSA and in a foreign hospital and, and all of that. I mean, that's just not the place to do that. So, you know, gosh, what a horrible <laughs> thing to go through by yourself. You know, in a foreign country where no one understands you and it's very difficult to communicate. That alone is very life changing, right there. But speaking with the divine and learning what you are supposed to do, so many of us want that instruction. You know, just tell me. Give it to me in a way that I'll understand. I don't know if I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And it's really hard for people to, you know, find that uh, that passion. I think we've all heard people say, Mm -hmm. find your passion. Do what you love. If you love what you do, it's not work. (laughs) And although that's very true, it's not always easy to figure out our definite life purpose or to turn something you love into into a purpose or, or what you what's passionate that you can do and make a, a living at that. So you mm-hmm. must feel very, I don't know, blessed because you kind of got that. I mean, you didn't go to school to do what you do. <laughs> well, it's a right? school, the divinity school, right? I mean, it, it was just real life. So um, I, I am fortunate. I mean, it was an unfortunate event, but obviously there was a huge silver lining in it for me. And and for everybody else I work with now, so I feel like you know I was I was blessed in that I get to go out and help people to identify their purpose and passion, 
and have developed a whole process and system around it that uh, it, it's, it's fantastically effective. So, you know, I get to change lives every day, and, and that's the really, really cool part about it. Yes, and the book is very helpful in assisting people with that. You know, I believe that the, the phrase you use is work sickness, and you use it throughout your book. Mm-hmm. It, it's an epidemic, and I would even venture to say that it's probably at an all-time high. So mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about what work sickness is exactly, because I think mm-hmm. there are a lot of people who either never heard of it, don't believe they have it, <laughs> or ignoring the fact that they do. So how would you yeah. describe or define work sickness so that people can say, oh, yeah, I do have those symptoms? <laughs> <laughs> well, work sickness is, is clearly, you know, when you, you live to work and, and it's you're always on the grid and you probably have it if you're you're checking emails after you get home from work or, or can't stop during the day and you're always on, uh, on looking in your phone to see who's called uh, from work and feeling that if you don't get this done that you're going to get fired or um, you're going to, you know, lose something or you're going to not have the credibility uh, with your colleagues. And it's basically being on the grid 24-7 and be feeling guilty about taking vacations um, and always taking on additional work, even though you don't have any bandwidth for it, not being able to say no, all symptomatic of, of you having work sickness, meaning that uh, you're just living to work. And uh, that's not, that's not uh, having a life. It's, it's, it's um, making a living. Right. And, and, you know, you have some very interesting statistics in your book to, to show how labor-intensive, at least the United States has become. Uh, one of the things that you wrote was mm. that the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, the average productivity per American worker has increased 400 percent since 1950. <laughs> you know, that's, that's crazy, right? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> it's very crazy. Uh, you know, because and, and I think basically companies... Yeah, companies don't have a soul, right? They they basically right. are looking for more and more productivity, and and our wages have not kept pace with that. So I think maybe we earned you know, 150% of what we did back then in, in real money value, and and some state studies say we actually earn less, um, but we're working four times as hard. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we're not really working smarter. We're just working harder, and you know, Cor- in this. This can be translated, too, to not just people in the workforce, because there are a lot of people who aren't necessarily working, you know, people who have retired who are now volunteering, and because that mm-hmm. volunteer effort is, is there, they may be passionate about something that they want to do, but sometimes they do take on too much because there's nobody else volunteering to do it because they're working 80 hours a week instead of splitting up right. and balancing their life. So this is really, although it's, it's for people in the corporate world, it can be translated to you know, moms at home, homemakers, or people mm-hmm. who are retired, volunteers, people who don't have a job, and particularly now because you can be in overwhelm because you're unemployed, not of your own desire. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I work with people who are unemployed as well or trying to join the workforce again, and, and uh, you know, they're working as hard as anybody else. I mean, having a job search could be a full-time job or being a mom, like you said, um, yeah. and, and basically – uh, finding ways to be more efficient. And that's why I wrote, Thank God It's Wednesday, is to create more time and space in your life so you can even figure out what it is you want to be doing, what your gifts are, and to figure out how you can bring those gifts out to the world to help other people. Yes, and, and all of this is about maintaining a balance between work life and, and real life, if we can mm-hmm. call it that, even though work life is real life. But there are many other areas in your life that aren't part of work, and it's balancing it all. And you have yes. key steps that people can take to begin to bring their life back into balance. So let's talk mm-hmm. about some of those steps and how someone could use them to, to start changing their life. Well, you know, some of the things you can do is, is 
first of all, I, I work a lot on a spiritual slash um, higher conscious level. It's like test your limiting beliefs. What are you thinking that's actually creating your environment? You know, you might have heard of it said your outer game is a reflection of your inner game. And basically that's true. Whatever you're tuned into shows up. It's like a spotlight going out into the audience, right, of a, of a show. And you'll see those people in those seats. But you won't see everybody else around because it will be dark. But they exist. They're out there. You're just not tuned into them. Oh, and by the way, I love being able to be on your show here, be able to say words like manifest and, and uh, <laughs> abundance because a lot of other shows I do, I can't say those words. <laughs> Seriously, they won't let you. I, know you. I mean, it's not a swear. <laughs> No, no, it's just that the audience won't necessarily get them, right? It's like yeah. there, there's, uh, there's a certain audience that you, you attract, I'm sure, that, that understand that, so I don't have to define yeah. that to anybody. <laughs> yeah, it's a so spirituality what are you manifesting? Right there, so. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So what are you manifesting? I mean, what are you focused on? And, and I can always tell when I work with clients what their dominant thoughts are by basically what their environment is because your beliefs um, – uh, are the basis for your thoughts and your thoughts inspire you to take action and your actions create your environment and your environment reinforces your beliefs. So, you know, what, what hacks on beliefs do you need to make to see which ones are not serving you anymore? You know, and, and, uh, Byron Katie has a wonderful, um, uh, book, uh, or, or actually a piece of work that's called the work. It's like, she asked these five questions. It's like, is it true? Yeah. So take a belief and you say, is it true? How do, how do you know it's true? How do you feel? When you think that belief or have that belief, how do you feel without it? And then turn it around, right? So, you know, money is hard to come by is is one that many people, you know, experience in their life. And so if you ask, is that true? Well, okay, I'll say yes. It's like, how do I know that's true? Well, because I haven't had any, but other people do. So they're like me. So I can't really say that it's really true. And when I feel it, when I feel into it, it's like it makes me feel, you know, constricted, tight, and just not like good about myself. Um, how do I feel without it? I feel liberated. I feel like expansive. I feel um, like I can do more. I have freedom. So what do I do? I take my original belief, you know, money is hard to come by, and turn it around. It's like money is easy to come by. And what if you start thinking like that? You tune into that frequency, and obviously all of a sudden that stuff starts showing up. You start focusing on, on areas where money is easy to come by, and, and it starts just literally showing up in your life. And, and I know that's a foreign concept for a lot of people. They say, oh, yeah, it works for you, but it doesn't work for me. But the problem is, is that's another limiting belief. It's like it works for you and not for me. And you have to take all of these beliefs and find which ones serve you and, and you know, get rid of the ones that don't. So the first step is really test your, your limiting beliefs and see which ones uh, are true and which ones aren't. Because we, we inherited a lot of beliefs from our family and friends and people. And, and every day we're told on TV that we're not enough and this commercial tells us we need this and this person needs, tells us we need this degree. And, you know, we always need more and more and more. There's always lack. So... Basically, you've got to get past the lack into the abundance frequency, and it's hard to do in the society. It just is. Um, but it's practice. It's just like a muscle. And the more you work it and the more you play with it, the more you'll see that it works. So step one is test your limiting beliefs. Yeah, and <laughs> step, I think people will two, be shocked by that. People will be shocked at how yeah. limiting their beliefs are because it is a true eye-opening experience when you go through that process and you see, oh, I don't yes. have an answer for this because it's, you know, it's a stupid reason why I, I'm limited. We as humans do limit ourselves a lot. So, yeah, that first one is something that may take a lot of practice. It not only takes practice, but you can work with somebody to, to help, you know, <laughs> 
shows when you're having a limiting belief. That's what part of coaching is all about. You you, right. you pull those limiting beliefs out and you shine a light on them and see whether they're truly effective or they're just this sub routine that's holding you back. Um, and and just to have somebody you're accountable to and find a, a limiting belief buddy, if you will, and just have you know show up for them, show up, for, have them show up for you, and just uh, notice each other, uh, what they're saying, you know, and and what they're believing in. Um, and have them call that into question. So it's always asking questions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that leads to a step two is I have four questions I love people to ask themselves. One, who am I? Um, and if you define yourself as a mother, a sister, a caretaker, yeah, those are roles, but who are you really? And if you start thinking through that, you realize that you're this infinite being in addition to the roles and you're whoever you want yourself to be. And the second question is, this is an access consciousness question. What else is possible, right? And, and most people focus on the how and what if. But what if you start asking all the time, well, what else is possible? What else is possible? You start to find the doors through the wall. And you start to find ways around the wall. And there's a number of different opportunities that always exist for, within every problem. Um, the third question is, what am I thinking? And that helps you get into your higher consciousness. And you start to see that you have this observer um, that notices your thoughts so, you know, when you ask, what am I thinking, you realize that you're not your thoughts. And then from that place of being an observer, you can actually guide your thoughts and you can guide those beliefs and you can guide where your mind is going and where you're focusing your attention. And the last one is why. That's just such a simple question. Why am I doing this? Find the root cause for why you're into this, why you're feeling passionate, why you're feeling dispassionate about something else, and really understand it and, and be able to um, get to the source reason of, of who you are. So that's step two. <laughs> you know, and the and the probably the easiest one of those is really mm-hmm. the second question, what else is possible? Because, you know, the mm-hmm. way our brain works, it works like a computer. You ask it a question, it will go out and seek mm-hmm. the answer. So if you're constantly feeding it information to find the negative, it will. But if you, before you go to sleep at night, come up with your little, you know, situation, your circumstance, whatever it is, give yourself a scenario and then just say, what else is possible? This is where that expression, why don't you sleep on it, you'll see differently in the morning or you'll come up with something. You actually do. You actually do yeah. because when you get to that state of uh, theta before you go into delta, your mind really starts to go out and seek the answers. And then when you wake up, you think, I don't know why I'm waking up knowing this, this, and this. But sometimes there are resolutions to problems just because you did yeah. that. So that's a great question to ask yourself what else is possible when you put questions like that out where you where you feed your brain a a go find the answer thing it does it in the background it's kind of like running windows in the background on a computer and you don't really know it's there you're not using it all the time because Mm -hmm. you're using this Mm -hmm. other software doing other things did you find that that's true yeah, I mean, basically for me, the, the key is to ask questions, right? Because when you ask how and what if, they form conclusions, and conclusions are dead ends. Right. When you ask questions, it, it opens up greater possibility, infinite possibilities, as Mike Dooley might say, and uh, basically allows many, many different options to show up in your life. Absolutely, yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's see. Now, a lot of people think of success as a goal, and it should be. Success should be a goal. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the goal of success for many is making the almighty buck, and that's it. And that's very different from the success that you speak about in your book. So why don't you talk about right, that? Right. Yeah, I mean, the modern definition of success in our culture is typically based on some form of expectation, you know, wealth, status, fame, power. Um, 
And I see two pretty big issues in that. One is that it's expectation-based, right? And when you have expectation, you either are going to hit it and need a new expectation or you won't hit it and you'll be disappointed. So either way, it's, it's not a great measure of, of, of success, right? And it's short-lived. <clears throat> I'm sorry. And the other thing is most of us have never really thought through what success looks like for us. You know, it's, it's all different. And, and what is it for you on a personal level? Um, and we, what we believe success to be, this, this wealth, status, fame, power, has been inherited, again, from families, friends, teachers, mentors, society. And it, it, it's, it, it revolves around having most of the time instead of being. And when you're in that having mind, the, the Buddhist calls it the hungry ghost. You're constantly feeding this hungry ghost, and it's never satisfied. So there will always be something else, something else, something else. So wouldn't it be better if we measure success in terms of, of, of inner peace and, and happiness and, and um, you know, just letting stuff go and, and not being about possessions but being about who you are and how you're showing up and how you're bringing and presenting your gifts to the world. Um, and and those, are the, those are the places where you're going to find the most inner peace, and that's why people don't find that inner peace because they, they put their value of success outside of themselves in that having mode instead of that being mode. Um, and it's truly learning how to enjoy the journey and realizing that it's not the one with the most money, power, or fame, but whether you lived out your passion and experienced what you truly want to um, and what you were put here to do and figuring out what your purpose is and what your gifts are. Yes, because so many people, and, you know, we have been brainwashed. I mean, let's call it what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to mm-hmm. have... Mm-hmm. You know, the <clears throat> expansion with the huge garage and a BMW in it, and, you know, you have to stretch yourself out. And, and really, that causes so much stress. And so many people will say, yeah. well, if I only did this, it would be this. <laughs> no, that's an outward thing. So going within and learning what is best for you and living your authentic life. And I think that you know, one of the quotes in your book is from Louise Hay. Now, this is a very holistic approach to work-life balance, your book. So she just fits into this beautifully. She's the founder of Hay House, Louise Hay. I'm sure everybody listening knows that. And her quote is, in my life there is an infinite supply of love. It is inexhaustible. I can never use it all in this lifetime, so I don't have to be sparing with it. And that is so true for all of us because if we are aware, when we come from our hearts and and all of the keys and tips and processes and ideas which help us to manifest and create the life that we want, I mean, everything becomes just so much easier when you come from that space that's within you mm. and you're kind of put in alignment. And, and I really think that that's the one factor that needs to be in place before anything can be created because when yeah. you come from that space, you're coming from source and you're coming from a place of right. being in alignment with who you truly are. What are your thoughts on right. that? Uh-oh. I think we got disconnected. So we're going to wait for him to call back in. <laughs> so be patient. You know, this, some of this happened last week, and I really don't know what's going on with with the lines here because this week we certainly don't have any weather issues. It's beautiful here in the east coast of the United States. And I don't know where most of you are from who are in the queue, but we're having beautiful weather, and we'll just wait for Mark to call back in. I'm sure he will in a moment. And... uh in the meantime, you can check out and learn more about him. The name of his book is, thank God, it's Wednesday. 
and you can learn more about him at markdouglaslangford.com. Mark, are you there? That, that, that was good. Yeah, I'm back. I, do. I just wanted good. to give you a, a you chance went. for a commercial break. <laughs> <laughs> right at the half hour. It was an AT&T-inspired commercial break. Okay, there you go, AT&T-inspired. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on, on what I had just said? Do you want me to repeat it? Yeah, give me the last part, and I'll, I'll, I'll uh, give you my response. Um, you know, when you're coming from your heart and you're really in full alignment, mm-hmm. You know, then things mm-hmm. in life are a lot easier. You can create and manifest better because you truly are more aware and you're coming from that space that you need to be in. And I, I love mm-hmm. that Louise Hay has that quote because I thought it really, truly wrapped that yes. up beautifully. You don't have to spare with love at all. There's so much that's inexhaustible. Just be in it. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah, and you use the word source, and I love that because I use that uh, word in the book as well, the source energy that you come from. Um, we all are made of energy, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. even the hardest core secular person who doesn't have uh, any spiritual beliefs in the world will agree that everything is made of these molecules and atoms and, and neutrons and electrons and protons and below that quarks and below that waves and, and below that nothingness, right? There's just literally frequency. And so we all come from this source, and we are all part of that. And um, we, we have the ability, when we realize it, that, to, to, that we are energy alchemists, and we can go out there and, and work with the energy around us and actually form it into what we want, and that's through our thoughts. And the thoughts become things. Um, and when you realize you have that power, it's amazing. And, you know, Beckwith has this four, talks about the four levels of spiritual consciousness. One is um, to me, you know, so things are happening to me, and you're, you're this victim, and you have no control over your energy when you're at that level. And the second level is <clears throat> by me. So you realize, oh, I can affect things around me, and you manifest your parking spaces and all that stuff, and you think you're doing really cool. And then uh, you go to the third level, which is uh, – through me, you realize that there's something that wants to emerge through you. What is that gift? What is that calling? What, is, what have you been called to do in this life? And then there's as me. And, and the as me is the God consciousness where you realize that everything really is one and that, you know, you have that ability to affect energy and energy has the ability to affect you and you're just in that flow and you're seeing whatever you do to others and behave and act and say is and really just doing something to yourself because there's no difference between you and anything else. And uh, when you get to that level, and I can't stay there long, I try, but, you know, you, you get into that consciousness and you realize um, um, how, much, how much creative power you have in this lifetime. Um, and it, it's a, just amazing what you can do with just your thoughts. And then you add your actions to that. And really, the, the sky's the limit. So, <laughs> yeah, it is infinite is, is my summation on that. And there is... You know, and you do have to, uh, you, you really have to focus in on it, you know, and, and believe it. And, and again, I'm going to quote from your book, because you had a lot of good stuff in your book, let's, let's face it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate that. But, you're quite welcome. But you start with Chapter 1. The very first thing that you start with is a quote by Mary Mannon Morrissey. The very first uh-huh. thing. And it says, you block your dream when you allow your fear to grow bigger than your faith. That is yeah. it. That is what stops yeah. the flow of the dream manifesting into reality. Yeah. You know, how how does someone <clears throat> stop that fear and maintain the faith of the mustard seed, if you will, without any doubt? Because it's really easy to say, well, I have faith, but it, it means having no doubt. It, the, the faith only has yes. to be tiny, yeah. but it means no doubt whatsoever. And that, <laughs> that's the part. Yeah. yeah. 
and and you know that that's a, a universal truth that's been around for for millennium, right? You find that in the in the Bible and, and in right. Bhagavad Gita, and it's all over. You know, they, you have these relative truths and these absolute truths, and that's one of the absolute truths. Is just um, <clears throat> you can you can fear is what stops you, and and for me, I say it's like running across a, a rickety rope bridge and uh, above this thousand foot chasm, and it's like. Here's the hitch. The, the only plank that exists, exists is the one right under your foot as you're running across. And you'll get paralyzed if you look down and say, oh, my God, there's only one plank on this bridge, and I'm standing on it. I can't move. But if you look out to the, to the horizon and, and focus on where you're going and put your attention and attention on that, then you can run across that rickety bridge, and that plank will show up just when you need it to show up. And it's that type of faith that you need to have to get to where you want to go. And it's not easy. It, it's truly no. like a muscle. You have to practice it. You have to practice it. And, it, you know, you will fail. We're all human. I fail all the time. Sure. And yeah. uh, I just pick myself up and realize that, no, you know, it's the fear that's keeping me from it. And, and there's a great quote. I forget who said this, but the only thing that gets uh, smaller as you run towards it is fear. And mm-hmm. most of us allow that big cloud of fear in the, on the horizon to keep us from running towards it. We say, oh, I'm not going to go there. And Joseph Campbell said, uh, the cave we fear to enter holds the treasure that we seek. And, and everybody has this nugget of wisdom. But it's like, well, how do I do that? Because it, right. like the fear does keep me paralyzed, right? And all I can tell you is it, it's just literally taking bold action, you know, realizing that you can do and manifest anything and taking the action. So many people get paralyzed by fear and then sabotage themselves. You know, I talk to a lot of my clients who, who want to start their own businesses and they spend like hours and hours and hours a day working on their website and their logos and the colors and everything else. I said, you realize what you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I say, you're just fearful of getting out there and doing it. And, and the best advice I can give is just go out and take action, right? And when you do that, you realize that it's not so bad, you know. It's really not as big and as, as horrible as you think. There's no monster in that cave after all. It's all stories you tell yourself. And it's funny because you think you're taking action when you're getting your business cards and designing your website and coming up with brochures. and that. So, yes, those are all things you need to do. But without the clientele, right. they do you no good. And, yeah, exactly. it is hard sometimes to even to determine what it is that you're afraid of what it is that you need to take action on because you think you're taking action. Well, what am I supposed to be doing? And that, mm-hmm. I think, is where a coach like you comes in handy because you can help a person go through that and say, all right, this is really what you need to do. Don't look at yes. the website. That will come because it's going to change yes. because what you think yes. you're going you're to do probably is not it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? the action that you need to take is, is to turn those rocks over looking for worms. And if you're not turning rocks over, you're not going to find clients. <laughs> it's like you need to go exactly. out there and just network. Mm. And, and, again, it's the stories that you tell, you that, that tell yourself that, that keep you in that fear. So you have to examine those stories and, and realize whether they help you or not. Um, yes, I call them then, justification. You know, there you go. Exactly. And, and the you other know? thing that people don't realize is that they just need to do the work on themselves, right? Eighty percent of what I do with people is they do the work, and 20 percent is, is asking the right questions and providing guidance and feedback and, and motivation and hand-holding and, and uh, accountability. But the 80% is really you going out and figuring it out, you know, asking those questions and getting to the core of why am I sabotaging myself? Why am I telling myself these stories? And more than likely, you'll find something in your past, some infl- life inflection that caused something for you to happen that you keep running this pattern. Um, I'll give you an example. 
I grew up in a single-parent family with just my mom, and she worked two and three jobs and uh, spent a lot of time away from home and was going to school. And this was back in the 60s and 70s when it was even harder to be a divorcee because you had the stigma and everything else. And, you know, women weren't, you know, given the respect that they, they are today. And, and I saw her struggle. You know, I watched her work these two or three jobs. So I wanted to be the best kid possible and always did what was, what was right and, and uh, um, you know, it kind of shaped my worldview. But um, what happened was is I started manifesting girlfriends and every, women in my life that were kind of emotionally unavailable, only because – not because, you know, she, she consciously did that. It just was she wasn't around. So my pattern was, like, let me, let me manifest these, these un, emotionally unavailable women in my life, and, and if, even if I found a nurturing one, I would find something wrong with her, right? And then be like, no, no, I can't be with her. And I'd find these beautiful women. I'd go out with them, and I'd be like, oh, okay, I got this beautiful girlfriend, but she was always emotionally aloof. Until I realized that I was doing that, and I had that pattern that I had to break. But I had to go back into my past, do the work, figure out where that sabotaging pattern came from, and then kind of give it a name, you know, like cabbage. When it shows up, I'm like, oh, cabbage is here. Sorry, I'm not going to deal with you today. I'm not going there. And so I, I, when you become aware of where your patterns are coming from, you can change them. But, again, it takes doing the work and figuring out where you're getting that fear uh, that's causing the sabotage. Yeah, and that's asking all the right questions. And you do talk about being aware of your thoughts and words, and you, you have a process to do it over a given period of time. I believe it was a week, which is mm-hmm. vitally important because it allows us to realize when we're being even the tiniest bit negative so we can shift our perspective immediately, which will foster a much quicker result with our goals. That's a great process. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the – I've seen several studies, but, you know, one of them says that you have between fifty and 70,000 thoughts a day and that uh, they say that most of them are negative, right? So, And then another study I've read says that 92% of your thoughts are the same day after day. Mm -hmm. So here you're having negative patterns and thoughts day after day, the same thoughts. It's it's like Groundhog Day, and you say <clears throat> that day was the same as this day, but really there are subtle nuances and changes in each different day that you know you can exploit those and like really start to focus more on the positive, um, and and just take little little baby steps each day to to make sure that you're aware of your thoughts, asking yourself, remember that question, what am I thinking? And if you find it's negative, like make sure you you change it right there, and you say no, that's what I choose not to believe, I'm going to turn that belief around. I'm going to say money is easy or I do attract uh, nurturing women or whatever your pattern is, and then tune into that frequency. And I'm sure you've talked about this with other guests on your show, but when you get on that frequency pattern, that's what's going to show up in your life. Yes, and, and I talk about it with my clients and such as well. And, you know, mm-hmm. when you do this, it also, mm-hmm. when you're aware, when you're aware and you can yeah. make these positive changes, you are definitely coming from a place of love. It opens your heart right. so that you can forgive others. And we learn so much about ourselves in that forgiving of yeah. someone else because we realize, oh, I remember yeah. being like that, so I need to cut them some slack because they don't know yet. So that which we did not see prior to being aware in ourselves becomes clear, mm-hmm. and it's clearer in others, and it makes it easier to forgive others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, forgiveness is a big, big part of it. You know, it really is, and, and being able to let go of the hurts because really you're just only binding that to yourself, right? Yeah, and you've got a whole chapter on, you know, or a whole section. I don't know if it's a whole chapter, but there's a whole (laughs) section on forgiveness, which I love because people 
don't realize that when they think that you're just condoning what somebody did. That's not it at all. You're just forgiving and releasing them. But the other part of forgiveness, the harder part that, uh, that I think, and I think you mentioned this in your book, there are times when the hardest person to forgive is ourselves. And if we don't forgive ourselves, yes. that yes. which we're trying to create, again, will neither manifest yes. quickly nor the way you want it to. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, the source of that and, and things that I work on with my uh, clients is, is that self-love, right? And, mm-hmm. and how do you build that self-love? Because when you truly love yourself, and I'm not saying in a conceited, narcissistic way, but right. one where you just feel yourself as whole and confident and in control, um, then you're able to forgive anybody or anything because you're okay and you realize that nothing can damage you. I mean, sure, somebody can punch you in the head and you can get a bloody nose, but that's physical. You know, but nobody can damage right. your soul and your spirit. And, and when you realize that you are whole and that you don't need anyone or anything, it is an a incredibly empowering position that you come from. And you can forgive other people. You can forgive yourself. And you can move on with, with that confidence of, of wanting something instead of needing it and then manifesting it in your life. And this is, this is actually, I think, very critical because there are times when, depending upon who the person is, you can be close with someone, a friend or whatever, and think you have a good relationship with this friend, and you get a sucker punch. And you think, okay, I really thought they were my friend, and now I think I'm wrong. And you probably are because this sucker punch right. was just that. And you have to look at it, and it may take time to actually forgive that person. And then after you yeah. forgive that person, you have to forgive you because there's – I mean, one person told me, well, I, I don't think you need to forgive anybody because that's very negative. And I thought, wow, okay, I'm not seeing that perspective at all. I think that if you forgive the person, which can be very difficult, and sometimes it can take years to get over right. depending on what it is, especially right. whatever the closeness is of the relationship. Uh, and that right there is something that if you can practice doing that on the smaller pieces that come into play in your life, you can work on the bigger ones and get that going because that too is resistance and causes a block and things won't manifest. Yes, you're absolutely right. And remember that fourth level of spiritual consciousness, it's like, you know, everything is one. It's, it's as me. And when you realize that there's no difference between you and your friend who sucker punched you, then you realize that <clears throat> that you, you're only holding that, that blame and doubt and guilt and victimhood on yourself when you don't forgive. And yeah, and that's what you do one. to somebody else, you do to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that is a tough it one because you realize, you know, you're beating yourself up and you're mm-hmm. thinking, okay, I did that to me. And so you do have to accept exactly. the blame, yeah. take responsibility. And that's hard sometimes because you think, I didn't do that, they yeah. did it to me. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's seeing yourself as separate, right? And, right? and when you see that separation, that's just an illusion. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know? It is a tough and one. And again, it, it's. It's it's tough for the left brain, right? It's tough for yeah. the left brain. We are very, very left brain society where everything has a start and an end and everything comes from lack and we always need something. Remember the hungry ghost and the marketers yeah. always, you know, exploit that and say you need this, you have to have this, lose weight, you know, get more education, you know, get get rid of wrinkles. There's always something you need that you don't have. Um, but when you get into that right brain, more of the source energy consciousness, and then and get to that higher consciousness, you realize that that is just all illusion, right? Mm-hmm. And it, again, it's like you said, it's the awareness, keeping yourself aware as much as possible, and 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 asking yourself, what am I thinking, and checking in with yourself, you know, periodically throughout the day. And the more you do that, the more you'll string together those periods of where you're really awake, um, and not the place where you're you're sleepwalking. And as I say in the book, you know, thank God it's Wednesday. It's like there are people that sleepwalk 100% of the time, you know, and, and it, it, part of our 
job is to help people to, to wake up. You know, I truly believe we are on the cusp of a, a major spiritual um, awakening. Uh, we're seeing it happen all over the place. I mean, shows like this, you know, mm-hmm. wouldn't exist 10, 15 years ago, right? Right. We and, are in the midst and of And now it. you're seeing... Exactly. We're, we're, we're no longer the new age woo-woo people, right? right? They're, they're, it's, it's kind of becoming mainstream. And I look from when I was growing up to now, I say, oh, my God, you know, like we couldn't have talked about these things. You look, about, look at shows in the 50s and the 40s and you say, can you imagine talking about what we're talking about right now back then? <laughs> You'd be like, people would be like putting you in a sane asylum. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> a couple of centuries ago, they burned people for this yes, stuff. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and perhaps I was one of them in a previous life. We don't know. <laughs> we talk about that on this show, too. We talk about it a lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You exactly. Know? So awareness. You know, let's, let's get that awareness up for, for ourselves and everybody else. And, you know, let's yes, get and, you know, more people awake. <laughs> and you, you are going, as you said before, and, and I say this a lot on the show, you know, you're human. We're all human. We're all going to backtrack we're mm-hmm. all going to falter and but the thing is you have to remember okay just get back up and try again you know you can't do this in just a week this you don't become an expert this is a lifelong practice right. of being aware and right. shifting your thoughts and and having a mentor is great somebody that can say okay you're going down a little bit you need to come up and you know that's mm-hmm. good because if they're really your friend you can talk to them and they can talk to you and it's not hurtful at all because you know there's love there it's when it's from other people that you're taking on that negative stuff and somebody says something and you think, okay, well, I didn't like that, you know. Uh, but it is the awareness still of saying, all right, I heard it from now a different source. But to be able to have somebody to mentor with and discuss with is very, very good because you can learn a whole lot more from experience of the other person and they can learn from you as well. I, I certainly find that to yes. be absolutely true. And, you know, you do have a lot of ideas about building confidence and feeling respected, which is difficult because people don't. So why don't you tell us about some of those and how they help with life-work balance? <laughs> sure. So, yeah, I, I would first, uh, you know, tell people to get this book called Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It. That's by Kamal. Uh, I can't remember his last name, but um, he has a couple exercises that basically boost your self-love, right? And, uh, again, it, when you can really be okay in yourself, that is the foundation for making, you know, big and changes in life to take those bold actions and to really go out and do what you were meant to do. Um, so uh, first step is to, to really just get okay with yourself. Meditate, if, you know, and you don't have to meditate like a monk for, for two or three hours a day. It can literally be a couple minutes and just open your heart and feel that, that gratitude and, and allow the download from the universe to come to you. So, I mean, practically speaking, you know, you can do these exercises, the self-love, telling yourself you love yourself, looking in the mirror, all that stuff, plus the meditation. And then uh, working with a coach part of it is, um, you know, I say that uh, no Olympic athlete ever went to the Olympics without a coach or none that I know of. And you think of somebody like Usain Bolt, who's insanely talented, yet he goes to the Olympics with a coach. Why is that? Um, Because the coach uh, provides the vision for him, holds the vision for him, uh, provides the accountability, you know, is his cheerleader, looks and researches the best uh, techniques, watches the competition, you know, all that stuff. And so we're starting to realize as a, uh, as a society that coaches aren't just limited to sporting events. They're really good for just life and relationships and, and careers like I do um, and money, all these things, because we need each other. We're hardwired. We are, we are that one entity. We're all that source energy. We come from the same place. And so, therefore, we're here to help one another, right? And you and I 
and everybody else has a unique gift. There's nobody like us before or after. And, you know, we, we come to this life with our unique genealogy, unique experience, unique skill set. And to figure out what that is and to employ that and to do that in this lifetime is where you're going to find your happiness. And that's where people find their fulfillment and their financial success and their fun uh, by, by tapping into that. And really happiness is just a byproduct of living an authentic life. So, again, doing the work, asking the right questions, um, and, and getting to what you were meant to do in this life um, is, is extremely gratifying. Sure, and it, it isn't necessarily, you know, you go to high school and you graduate when you're 17 or 18 and you go to college and you graduate when you're 22. You know, you're 22. Okay, what you went to college for, 99% of the people probably don't do what they went to college for. They just got a degree, right. and people get all, you know, I, I'm not doing what I did. Now I bartend. Now I'm a corporate shaman, even though I have a Harvard MBA. You know, people like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's a the dichotomy, isn't it? So, yeah. um, you know, you, you have to be able to ask those questions, right, and, and be open to what the response is going to be because a lot of people will – get that intuitive hit and they'll just ignore it, right? And and one of the things that again that I work on with people is how do you tune into that intuition? How do you tap it more often? How do you notice it and how do you harness it? Because again, that's a right brain type of thing and we're in left brain society. Um there are tools and techniques to do that. And when you start doing that more, you start getting more of the answer. Um and, and you're not told by the outside world what you should be or who you should be um on a daily basis. You're actually listening to yourself and when you listen to yourself that's where you're going to find uh, the source of, of, you know, your purpose and passion and, and your happiness. And when you listen to yourself, that's your true authentic self and the guidance that you need. So you're not taking it from an exactly. outside source and just internalizing it. So you really do need to do that. I cannot believe this. We're almost out of time, Mark. But before we go, would you please tell our listeners how they can learn more about you and where they may purchase your book, Thank God It's Wednesday. <laughs> well, sure. It's on Amazon, and uh, it went to a couple of bestseller categories a few weeks after it came out. It was released last month, so I'm thrilled about that. And um, if you'd like to just see my website, it's tgiw.com uh, instead of tgif. It's just the tgiw. Um, and my coaching site is c-synergy.com. It's like the letter C and then a hyphen, synergy, S-Y-N. Uh, G-E-R-Y dot com and that will tell more about my coaching style and everything else and I have a blog there um, so I'd love to have people come visit me and you know I have uh, some free giveaways if you register on how to find your career discovery it's called the career path discovery um, exercise and it's just one of many exercises I do with, with my clients and I'm just giving that away if you visit the site that's wonderful thank you for that I had a website of markdouglaslangford.com yeah, that is an old site that I'm not maintaining anymore because okay. I have moved it on to TGIW. It's just easier to remember, you know, because if you, you remember oh, TGIF, easier. you remember TGIW. <laughs> yes. So TGIW, everyone. Yeah. Thank God it's Wednesday. Just remember, oh, what day is yeah. the show? It's Wednesday. Oh, thank God it's Wednesday. So there you go. <laughs> so, listeners, yeah. we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. You know, we live in a very challenging and constantly changing world. And that's why I have the guests that I do, to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life we are meant to live productively, healthfully, and purposefully. 
And this is where you find the tools to do just that. So send the link for this show to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they may learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. Again, Mark, thank you so much for taking time to join us here at Energy Awareness Radio. It has been a pleasure. It's wonderful having you on air. Thank you. My pleasure, too. I've, I've really enjoyed it myself. Thank you. Oh, good. I'm glad. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next week for another great show here at Energy Awareness Radio. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. You'll find an archived list of past shows, a lineup for upcoming shows, as well as information about other upcoming events I'll be hosting, including my Quartz Crystal Singing Bowl concerts and Labyrinth Walks. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio. That's at NRG Aware Radio. I am your host here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well.
Thank you. 